Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello again, and welcome to 4Play Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. 4Play is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Today we're going to do a mailbag, right? And talk about the power struggle. Yes. So we have John writing in that asks this question. He says, you and others use the term power struggle often to describe couple relationships. I think it'd be helpful to many of us to hear you explain in more detail. What does it look like? How do couples get locked into the power struggle? Is this typically what he asks a lot of questions okay. about it? So just in, maybe we can talk about it. In general, what do we mean when we say the power struggle between mm-hmm. couples? Well, I think when we get together, there's an illusion that says we are so alike. You know, mm-hmm. I've never met anybody who was as fascinating nor as fascinated by me as that person, right? Yeah. And there's just this sense of, you know, we're in a bubble mm-hmm. and it's just so easy. It's, mm-hmm. you know, sex is flowing and our needs are being met, and there's just an illusion that we're really quite similar. Yeah. So because things are easy, over time, though, that changes. Right. And I think over time what happens is the self emerges again. Mm. You know, we, when we're dating or when we're first married, oftentimes we deny our differences to avoid conflict. You know, our, our partner says, hey, I really want to go to Mexican. And you're like, I hate Mexican food. But you're like, oh, you okay, any, okay. You do it anyway. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> you know, when you're dating, it's all kinds of, you know, falsehoods yeah. and to get along and to f- seem amenable. And then suddenly you're married or you're, you know, in the committed coupleship and you're like, well, I, I actually hated, I hate Mexican food. Yeah. You know, and so suddenly there's like, what do you mean? You know, our our differences emerge in a later stage of relationship, and that invariably brings conflict. And then you're trying to exert yourself all the time, and and trying to, and I think that's where that that power struggle tends to come from of trying to, 
exert control in the relationship. And a lot of times that doesn't look like control like we typically think about where we're saying do this or don't do that. We're just trying to exert our influence. We're much more subtle. We're much (laughs) more complex, are we as humans, right? There's more More manipulation. (laughs) Dude, I, I call this, I talk about this with couples all the time, and I call it mental chess. It's like we're, we feel like we are caught in a chess game with our partners where we're trying to make moves all the time mm-hmm. to, to either win or to get them to do something. Or, and sometimes it feels very benevolent. Like mm-hmm. we frame it from, we don't all, we, it's I, all for your own good, it's, buddy. That's right. That's <laughs> right. I don't talk about it in terms of I, you know, that I'm trying to exert control over my wife. I, I think about it in terms of I'm trying to do the best for our marriage or yeah. I'm trying to. I'm providing leadership. I'm for providing our leadership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, or any number of things that, and couples talk about this with sex all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I had one couple that talked about all the things that he was trying to do to get his wife to enjoy sex or have sex more, and he had never mentioned any of them to her. Right. Yeah. It was all these subtle moves and covert moves that he was trying to do that he thought were benevolent, but it was really it pressure. It, it was pressure, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and she probably picked up on it on some if not conscious level and an unconscious level. And I would say one of the things though, I think that the power struggle is a necessary part of marriage and coupleship. It is the way we grow into truth. Like when uh-huh. we're dating we deny many aspects of ourselves to please our partner. And once we get there, we actually become more true to ourselves and we expose that. The power struggle, right, is when we are not as open to the differences of the other and we don't negotiate. Hmm. You know, we just manipulate or we try to control, but we don't openly talk about it and say, wow, you know, look it, we're really different here. You know, we need to talk about how these differences are our feeling to us and maybe how we can negotiate what you want and what I want. I like it when couples say, you know, adding on this little statement to most of the things you say helps avoid the toxicity of an angry power struggle, right? Mm -hmm. When you say, in my experience, this is the way it was. You know, we were at the party and in my experience, this is what happened. I came up to you, you know, you turned away from me. That was just what I saw, you know, because that is not, it's not about, we're not arguing about the truth of what happened or what our partner was feeling or what they were intending. Mm -hmm. It's just like, this is how I experienced the moment. So trust me, adding those little words in my experience often helps, you know. The words are in my experience, quote, in my experience. experience. Yeah. In my experience, this is what it was. Yeah. I want you to tell me more about that because I think I'm agreeing with you, but I tend to think that we need to get out of the power struggle. Why do you think we need to stay? It's a necessary part of the relationship. I, I think it's necessary to to be ourselves, to present our differences, to also add to the relationship our individuality. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, there's a truth in that, and it's boring if you're with somebody who's always too complicit or complacent or, you know, or just trying to please you, right? Yeah. It's iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So adding to the relationship the truth of who you are, and again, always with tact, yeah. but the truth of who you are and what you want is exciting. It's also vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, just saying, you know, sure, I'll go to Mexican food when you really don't like it and, and then you don't have a good time, you know, yeah. over time that's problematic. You know, we have to put out there what we want and what we need. I, I try to get young couples to be more honest before they get married. 
Yes, absolutely. You know, in pre-married, you know, counseling, which is something we do a lot of here, is, you know, they have to talk about their real feelings about things, and they're loath to do that. So uh, that's why it kind of crashes. I honestly think, Adam, that the power struggle lasts about at least 15 years. Yeah. Marriage is not 50-50. It's 100-100. Right. And you're coming in. You're coming in 100% whole when you come in 100% whole, not needing something from your from your spouse, but desiring what they're bringing to the relationship. Mm-hmm. There's no need for a power struggle. Like you don't you don't have to you don't have to make these these moves to try to get them to do anything. You can bring your full self and you can bring you can bring a wholeness to the relationship that's not that's not there and and, and maybe it's shared power. You're grinning at me. I, I know <laughs> well, you, you know want to tell me. You know what? I think that it's present between us right now. Okay. Like I have this sense of wanting to support your ideas and I agree with lots of them and also yeah. wanting to avoid like a total disagreement. I mean, we have a relatively new relationship. Right. You know, and I think that that's part of it, right? Is sometimes we hold back what we really think. We hold back what we I don't know that the power struggle has to be ugly. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. But I think conflict is necessary in relationship. Absolutely. You know, or else you're not really being real with each other. Yeah. Yeah, I I think there's a story that illustrates it, and I kind of okay. hope, hope my in-laws aren't listening because I'm going to tell, tell them a little bit. <laughs> They're never going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> no way. And so, like, so my my father-in-law, it's a, and it's a common story. We've all, I think, we've all talked about it, so I think I'm okay. But early on in their relationship, my mother-in-law would make tomato soup a lot. She'd mm-hmm. make grilled cheese and tomato oh, soup. Yeah, for of him. course, yeah, the like, best rainy day I meal love it. ever. Right? Yes. And they've they've been married. Um, They've been married a long time, I, I think close to 35 or 40 years of marriage. Easy. Right? Easy. And then five, about five years ago, five years ago, we were all present. It was a holiday. Every time she made tomato soup, he would thank her and say, oh, that was, that was great. And <laughs> about five years ago, she made some tomato soup. We were all present. And he took a, took a bite of it. And he said, you know what? I'm finally beginning to like tomato soup. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he had never told her that he didn't like tomato soup and i think it is because of what you're what you're talking about of uh-huh. that you know and that that wasn't a big that wasn't a big huge deal we laughed about it but she was mm-hmm. shocked right mm-hmm. but i think there's those kind of things that you're talking about that we avoid and go with because we're worried about conflict in yeah. a relationship yeah and i think that couples who don't have enough conflict often have flat sex lives yeah i mean the couple that comes into me and says you know we are just great we're best friends but we don't have sex. I'm mm. like, yeah, because you you're not real with each other, and yeah. there's no spark. Conflict I mean, builds intimacy. It does. Yeah. It does. You have to be able to have that. I mean, we want you to have it and keep it clean and have a fair fight. Absolutely. And not an ugly fight. But, I mean, truly, marriage requires conflict in order to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're being real with each other. You're being honest. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not worried that they're thinking something that they're not telling you. Because if that happened in other areas of life, with the tomato pseudo example, if that happened in bigger areas yeah. or oh, other areas. Oh, by the way, I've never liked it when you touch me like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like right? I've been touching like you like that for twenty years. What else do I not know? What else are you not yeah. telling me? Right. Exactly. Um, okay. Okay, this is Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. We'll be right back. Wanting sex again. How to rediscover desire and heal a sexless marriage. 
by certified sex therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique, and that combination together helps marriages be happy. Weekend couples intensives are also offered. Improve your sex and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com. Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. Okay, so we are back and we're talking about the power struggle today, something that we probably, I particularly see it worked out on the sexual field. Mm-hmm. And Adam, you probably see it worked out on the sexual Relation, field and everywhere else. Relational, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I see it because I'm also a marital therapist or a couples therapist, so I see it everywhere too. But it, it can be particularly difficult on the sexual field, like one person wants more sex, the other person doesn't want as much sex. I mean, that's a great playground to have the power struggle, right? It's it's desperate. Well, how does it how does that play out? What would that look like? How would the couple know that they're in a power struggle, particularly in in their sexual relationship? You know, I think it goes back to what I always talk about, the pursuer and the distancer. Yeah. They have a rope between them and they're trying to pull each other one side or the other. Ah, the tug of war. Uh, it's the tug of war. And yeah. to me, the power struggle in marriage particularly is one struggle. It's how much are we going to be – how close are we going to be and how much independence are we going to have? Mm-hmm. You know, like your mother-in-law who says, you know, I like tomato soup, so I always make tomato soup. You know, and he's like, I, somehow or another, I can't ask you for what I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like chicken noodle. And, and in essence, he's underrepresenting, right, his autonomy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's pleasing. You know, because yeah. if I tell her what I really like, what? She's going to be hurt. She's going to be mad. Mm-hmm. And so somehow or another, you know, the you know your in laws didn't have a fight over it, but a lot of people do. Yeah, you know, let, let's think about how they spend money. Yeah, you know, one person's a saver, the other person's a spender. There's dichotomies. Mm-hmm. One person is the sexual person who ha- holds all the desire, and the other person holds none of it. They have no libido. Yeah. I can see this playing out in two different ways, right? One, they fight about it all the time. 
It's mm-hmm. the things they that's the, the that's the overt, the out there back and forth. We're clashing over this and I'm going to dig my heels in and you're going to dig your heels in. Right. And the other way I see that playing out is covertly where you don't talk about it and it goes underground. So that's then then resentment, like resentment or you find out. There's a secret credit card that you didn't know about where that's secrecy, has, you know, secrecy affairs. affairs. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of ways that 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 then becomes their secret lives that develop. And those are those are passive aggressive ways to have a p- conflict. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to do it openly with you. I'm just going to cheat on you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that that just becomes both of those things can become really they can spiral out of control. They right? do. And they, and they, they do. build they build on each other when they're not addressed. Right, right. So usually the pursuing partner is the one who openly brings the conflict. Mm. They're the ones who say, I want change in this way. I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with this. And the the distancing partner is often conflict avoidant that will either do a yes, honey, yes, mm. dear, let's do it your way, but then do their own thing, mm-hmm. which is the passive aggressive way of not having an open conflict, but still doing their own thing, Right. Mm. managing. I mean, we, we are kind of vying for power and control. And sometimes the, the pursuing partner gets too critical, right? Mm. They're, they're cutting. You know, you're neglecting me yeah, or you're you, frigid. Or you want sex too much. Or you want sex. You know, you all only want sex. Yeah. Right. They're too critical. Yeah. And that, that just breeds a for, then for the withdrawing partner, right? The withdrawing partner is just not going to address that at all. No. Right? I yeah, mean, they're, they're going to back off. They're going to say, deer in the off. headlight, what the heck? Yeah. You know, I just walked in from work and now you want to have this conflict and yeah. I'm not ready for that. Or they may address it right away at, at first. There may be an initial fight, but then they agree and they back off. They just agree to get out of the fight. They don't want right. to continue with the fight. So they just, they're going to just agree and be done with it and back off and never come back to it and never kind of readdress it again. Right. The pursuing partner is often too aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, they're too just it's an onslaught. Mm-hmm. And the distancing partner is too passive aggressive, which totally gets them into trouble because mm-hmm. they say, sure, I'll do it this way. But they they're going to darn well do what they want to do. Yeah. I mean, I have one power struggle that recurs, but I'm seeing it right now in a you know particular couple of patients. And it's the woman who's staying at home. And the guy is the breadwinner. And she says, when are you going to be home for dinner? Mm. And he says, you know, basically, when I damn well get there. Sorry. But, you know, it's like this. He will say, well, you know, when I'm finished or I don't know. Or he'll say, I'll be home by 7, but he'll come home at 8 or 9 and say, I couldn't couldn't get home. I mean, my boss stopped me. But, you know, couldn't text her. Couldn't somehow or another give her a phone call to let her know. She's Mm. trying to manage her household. And I mean, I, I know that it, it doesn't have to be a power struggle, but this one I see all the time. Yeah. You know, each person trying to co- control their world. She's trying to control how do I get food on the table so the kids are fed, you know, or the, the, the dinner is, you know, warm. Mm. And he's saying, you know, you're pressuring me. You don't understand my work. You don't appreciate all the stress I'm under. But rather than having that openly, like, look at, I just can't tell you when I'm going to be home. And she's going to be pissed. So from, he does it covertly. From your perspective, Lori, what are you saying that couples just need to be honest about the power struggle? That they just need to be open with the fact that it exists between them? I mean, I don't know if they say to each other, "Well, we're in a power struggle." I think that things are often flavored by the the particular power struggle. Hmm. You know, so we're arguing about time now. 
right? And I'm saying, I'm the master of my time. And the other person says, yes, you are. And I want to respect that. But your being the master of your time influences my time, Hmm. right? They are overlapping. And that's why we can't just often let it go. Because myself needs something from you in order to let, let it go. Same with sex. It's like, okay, I can really respect that you have no libido. Hmm. Except that I need sex, you know, and so how are we going to how are we going to deal with this? Yeah, I think there's I think you're going to disagree with what I'm about to say a little bit. Okay, Um, let's see if Adam and I can do the power (laughs) struggle. I I think there is a sense of when you go from being single to being in a committed relationship that Mm -hmm. the focus of your of your needs shift. Mm -hmm. Right. And that I think when I talk about power struggles with couples, one of the things that I'm trying to do is to shift how they are trying to get their needs met. Mm-hmm. That in a, a couple where that is not happening, my partner is concerned about meeting my needs and I'm concerned about meeting my partner's mm-hmm. needs. And, and right. I call that the couple mindset. Oh, yes. You know, the there, the there's team an mindset. I, there's yeah. an I, there's two I's, and there's a we. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, thinking more thinking more along the lines of the we, I talk about getting out of that tug of war and getting into a, a team competition, ra- us against the world, mm-hmm. rather than rather than trying to trying to win at these individual games. So that's where I think like when you talk about trying to get out of the power struggle, you have to be more concerned that your partner's needs get met than concerned about your own needs. And, and I don't think that means that you don't say what your needs are and talk about it when your needs aren't getting met. But I think that you bring when you are, if, if we are both focused on each other, our needs are going to get met mm-hmm. in that way the power struggle comes when I am the one responsible for getting my needs met and I'm trying all the time to get my needs met. Right? Yes. And you said I am as con- I am more concerned about meeting my partner's needs than I am just my own. But Adam, I know you. Yes. And I know that you are the type of guy who is not a narcissist. I hope so. You know? <laughs> and, <laughs> Thank and, you very much. And, <laughs> And not you a, are Adam concerned. Matthews, not a narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Ding, sorry, ding, ding. sorry. Go ahead. I'm being yeah. a little narcissistic here, talking about myself. Tell me more about me, Lori. <laughs> Tell me more. You know, but I mean, I think there are other people who are with a partner who is a narcissist and sure. is often solely focused on their needs, and their struggle is to represent themselves enough. Sure. Right. Sometimes yeah. it's like you got to pipe down. You know, and sometimes you got to pipe up in terms of in this conflict. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people who who we don't want to counsel to, you know, think first about your partner's needs. We want to say as much as you think about your own, like include yourself yes. in this formula. Your needs are important, too. It's like you're not that guy. I mean, you're the guy who is really thinking about your partner's needs. But what about the woman or the guy, it goes both ways with genders, who's really only concerned about themselves. And, you know, like, if you do it my way all the time, then we'll be happy. I think I absolutely agree with you. I, I have no disagreement from me there. I think the the part of the power struggle that we get caught in, though, is constantly trying to get our needs met. Mm-hmm. I think one of the solutions, maybe not the only solutions, but I think one of the solutions is if if my needs aren't getting met and I'm with somebody that is constantly thinking about themselves, is to say, these are my needs mm-hmm. and be honest about it and, and I need you to meet them. Mm-hmm. And if that person cannot do that and continues to not to do that, then you have some choices to make. Mm-hmm. Right. But to me, it's a sense of what am I trying to accomplish? 
I'm trying to accomplish two things, to say what I need and give that over to my partner. Right, that's vulnerability. That's vulnerability. Say first, I need this. And, uh, and Not I demand this or you have right. to do this. But give them the responsibility to meet those needs and then say, what do you need? And take responsibility for meeting their – that's the thing that you begin to work on. If both partners can do that, I think they completely avoid the power struggle. I think it's – I think it's – and that's maybe that's maybe where we where we disagree a little yeah, bit. I, I think they avoid it in that sense. Well, I, or they get through it. Okay, you know, that, each sure. time. And I think I think what in my words I would say, we have to come to a we that the mm-hmm. we is also important. When I make decisions, I have to consider my partner, and yeah. I have to consider my own needs. Sure, both both people form the we, mm-hmm. and I think the power struggle on the other side of it is real love. Yes. And real love says, you know, I'm going to give you love the way you receive love. Mm. I'm going to prioritize that. Yes. I know yes. that you need love in this particular way. This is your love language. So I'm going to make that important to me. Yeah. So I think that's the other side of the power struggle is when we come into real love, we're realistic. You know, we didn't marry the prince. We're not married to the toad. Yeah. And now we say, you know, we're married to a man with warts or yeah. vice versa, right? It's yeah. it's not the princess. It's not the witch. Yeah. You know, it's the woman who has some flaws mm. and some real needs. Yeah. I think then then we conflict isn't as scary and conflict mm. gets us to something that is much better. Right. right. You get I like the way you said that about getting through the power struggle mm-hmm. or getting through the conflict. I think that's the motivation for not avoiding conflict. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't I really don't think anybody. I have some people that say they love conflict. I don't really think people love conflict. Yeah. I think. They love what it, when it's good, what comes on the other side and sure. what comes on the other side is better than when you're not, when you're involved in the power struggle or you're avoiding it and there's secrets or there's, there's fights that escalate out of control. Yeah. So thank you, John. That was our mailbag episode for this month. And we are just happy to be talking about these things with you and helping you in your relationship and helping you in your sex life to keep it hot. This is your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and your couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Thank you for listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. Keep asking questions. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. 